Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. Hello. Hello there. So guys, it was really touch and go there. I was like not feeling well. So I was like, I don't think we're recording tonight. And then I was feeling well. So I was like, we're going to record right now. And then after I messaged that, I started to not feel well, but I feel okay now. (laughs) So, so fingers crossed. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Okay. So let's get started. I have to say, Nina is so entertaining. She's so entertaining. And I feel like, especially in Cyrus scenes, because I literally wrote down Bizarro Land, because when those two (laughs) are interacting, it's so weird to me, because I'm like, it just feels like worlds colliding. Like Cyrus is this, you know, murdering, crazy, criminal, dark, running underworld organizations and then there's Nina busting in being like I'm so mad at you for outing my secrets and I'm gonna call you Reno instead of Renault <laughs> like she talks to him like he's not a murderer like I remember like my notes are just so weird because I remember just watching those scenes I'm like um I mean of all the things to confront oh. him on Okay, so here's the thing. You saying that made me think of this. You know how we talk about how Nina speaks to Sonny in this way like he's a child? Yeah. But that's exactly how she's talking to Cyrus, too. So she takes these, like, mob high-powered men. Like, she literally said to Cyrus, do you feel better when you were sent to prison to pay for your crimes? Or, like, what's happening here? But that line, I loved it. I wrote, touche, because you're in this thing where he's trying to kind of, like, hold one over on her but the fact that she got her point in with that statement I actually kind of liked it and I thought it was really funny (laughs) it was funny but like even more that really took Nina aback that she just couldn't fathom she looked at him and was like oh you saw an opportunity to hurt Sunny and you took it (laughs) and I was like and when I heard that I was like so do you also hear your words reflected back in your ears, literally every opportunity you have to hurt Carly, you took it. You know, you get hurt. I'm going to keep your husband, your dead husband. Then it was like, I'm hurt again. I'm going to send you to jail. Oopsie poopsies. I'm impulsive. So I just thought that statement was freaking hilarious. But she was she was just she wasn't done, though. She was just running around the hospital, wheeling and dealing. What do you think she offered him? I think like I got the impression she offered him like a show. I felt like some sort of something to do with ministry. I was like, does she own a church? Like, <laughs> I was like, does she give him a podcast? I don't know why. I just, went, I just, maybe I'm biased. And I'm like, does she just give him a podcast? But yeah, I don't know what she gave him, but she gave him something. Um, and I mean, look, she was at the hospital and she saw Willow. Oh, did she ever? <laughs> she saw Willow. And she, you know, one of the first things she said is, you know, we haven't really talked since New Year's. <laughs> like, it was so normal. Like, oh my gosh, you know, we, I've been busy. You've been busy. Like, what's up? Like, <laughs> it was amazing. And it's just sort of like with her, it's like, you can tell her repeatedly, like, I'm at work, not now. But that really didn't stop her. Like, she did not leave willow she kept agreeing but then pushing until (laughs) until carly and drew showed up 
Yes. Oh my God. Like, and the funny thing is like, I love, I, like we said, you know, Nina's super entertaining. Her face acting is on point. And she does that thing when she sees Carly, like fire starts in her eyes and daggers are shooting out. And even though she's trying so hard to like apologize to Willow and show her that she's sorry and she's changed, like it, it just took such a turn that we knew we were like, it was going to happen. But I laughed so hard. I was like, one, one million. Michael made me do it (laughs) (laughs) but she enjoyed it like I was like seriously I was so fascinated by that scene and also I found that I was seeing a lot of this this week like I felt like this week so many lines so many conversations went exactly how I wanted them to in a way like I felt like we were hearing for the first time very succinctly everything we have been saying for freaking years at this point so I found the conversation satisfying because I have to say like I think we all expected some like huge explosive thing Mm -hmm. but I am enjoying the conversations like because I I didn't know what to expect. I'm like, are we going to be disappointed? We saw the New Year's thing. What's Mm. going on? But then as the week progressed, it was like, okay, so we're slowly seeing the aftermath. But unlike the slow burn after Nixon fall, this one is a lot more satisfying. Um, And the conversations, I feel like the conversations, maybe that's what's making it satisfying, too. It's everything they're saying, but it still feels like the beat is moving quick. So there's something about the pacing, what they're saying that I'm kind of like enjoying in these conversations that make it satisfying to me at least. And why I found that fascinating is because it was weird for me because like I found it fascinating to watch Nina, who was trying to apologize to Willow, turn her Mm -hmm. Nina on in front of Carly, twisting the knife, actively hurting her. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's doing it. But then it was weird because me, like Willow, was sort of watching like me. Like I'm looking at Willow and I know she's thinking what I'm thinking. I'm like, you're saying this, right? And then I thought that was incredible that Willow is sitting there and for the first time, like kind of just seeing Nina be Nina. And that too, I found so, like I can't describe how satisfying that was because when they finally walked away, because at this point she's like, she's caving. Like Nina is not leaving. And she saw what she saw, which just adds more crap for Willow to deal with. And then they had their own conversation. And immediately as they go into a private room, Nina's immediately kind of apologizing, being like, oh, I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. And I just loved how Willow turned around and called her a wrecking ball. And Nina's response was like, yeah, I'm a lot. (laughs) (laughs) that's why she's so amazing like whoever is writing for her character specifically is unfreaking believably hilarious because like sometimes you're like this woman is crazy sometimes she's infuriating but then sometimes you're just like oh my gosh you're hilarious like just how she took that but the conversation was freaking amazing like the way willow was able to it was watching Willow see things clearly, yes. you know, seeing Nina clearly. Um, at this point, as much as like, I wish this was all wrapped up sooner. I feel that for Willow's sake, she got, she gave Nina the chance, right? Yes. There is no second guessing yourself. You can't second guess yourself at this point, right? Mm-hmm. She gave it the time and 
she watched Nina's true impulses. Like she talked about who Nina was at her core, but we saw what happened. You know, the second she doesn't get what she wants, she was so impulsive in that moment that not even her so-called relationship with her daughter even mattered because in that conversation in the room with Willow, she said, you know, I didn't want to tell you because I knew if you found out Michael was blackmailing me, it would ruin your marriage and destroy your family. <laughs> but I'm like, but two seconds ago, you rubbed what Michael did in Carly's face, but also in Willow's face. So if you cared so much about, you know, Michael and Willow's relationship, why would you do that? You know, if anything, you would take responsibility and you wouldn't kind of like amplify Michael's role, right? You would stay out of it. Exactly. So it was really fascinating, you know, her actions versus her words, but also, you know, we were talking about pacing and how it's kind of it rolled really quickly yes, Nina yes. this week. But I also love like the time that Willow took to absorb what she was saying and her very controlled and specific responses to her. Like she took like the perfect amount of pauses, like that scene gets an early gold star for me. And I loved like you said, you saw Willow absorbing everything. You saw her pacing out her responses. You saw her taking in the full, <laughs> the full Nina effect and yeah. figuring out what to do next. And it was delicious. It was so good. Like for me, I, I actually just couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, Nina, like if you're trying to make a case for yourself, <laughs> maybe don't start with the same old, same old. You right? know, Carly took both of my kids away from me. Uh -huh. And I and I loved the responses, right? First of all, Nell was dead, you know, <laughs> before Carly knew, yes. right? Does that make sense? Dead before or after? She, she was dead before right. Carly knew. Yes, no, like she was she, already dead. I'm gonna. I can't. I can't. Dead. She was already. Yes. But this, this is a bug me. She's like, I only have her word for it. I'm like, why are you writing out Jax? You know, right. like, why haven't you like stalked Jax? He was very much a part of the Nell thing. In fact, he was the one that told Carly to keep her mouth shut. Yes, he was. And then when that wasn't landing, right, because, you know, Willow wasn't going to touch that. She wasn't going to try to argue. So she went to another point. And that's what was really satisfying to me was that they came back to this little detail. So when Willow decided to speak about herself, like the fact that Carly kept, you know, their mother-daughter relationship secret, you know, the DNA and all mm -hmm. that stuff. I loved her response where she goes, it was because of me, because I asked her, I didn't want to know. And the fact that she took responsibility saying it was her and actually told Nina to her face. I'm pretty sure Carly must have said that in one of her arguments with her, maybe like um, at Ava's place, like on, on Cassadine Island. And I feel like, mm -hmm. you know, Nina dismisses everything Carly says, but to hear Willow say, I told her that if my mother was anything like you, I wouldn't want to know. Like, I was just so shocked that they went back to wrap that little detail Yes. And I think when you said like you watching her process, I think it was extra satisfying because you're watching this character feel all the exact same things you're feeling. And it's nice to feel like she agrees with you finally, that Willow right? agrees <laughs> with how with how you're you're feeling. And then at the end, oh my gosh, at the end of their conversation was like the freaking best for me. When I literally had to rewind because I'm like, I don't know if she actually said that. Like, I don't know. Is that helpful? Does that actually make her look good to say that, that I actually had to rewind this? So at one point mm -hmm. she goes, you know, I'm going to stop blaming Carly. And it's kind of like when Sunny said, I'm going to start taking the business seriously. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's so 
all I hear when they say that is like starting now. So starting now, I'm going to live a Carly free life. But then she said, not only was she going to stop blaming Carly, she said, I'm also going to stop beating myself up yep. for my mistakes. And I'm like, no, that's not what she said. So I rewound. I'm like, she's going to stop beating up someone, but not herself because she didn't exactly wallow in her mistakes. She constantly defended it, felt justified. And I was like, literally, I'm like, I don't even know how Willow didn't pull her, her own hair out in those scenes. Honestly. And it's like, you're saying when she doesn't listen to what she's saying um, and they, the characters are speaking for the audience. There was a moment just before that with Carly Drew when they were in that scene Mm -hmm. and uh, (laughs) Nina still threw in their face that you did commit a crime. And then Carla said, you're married to Sonny Torrent. Yes. Yes. Somebody said it out loud. Oh my gosh. Yes. How can I forget that? I love that moment that I watched over and over. Cause I'm like, seriously, that is like stating the obvious. And the fact that not even Sonny said it, I was disappointed. He didn't say that either because she tried using that argument with him. And I was like, why aren't you pointing out who she's freaking married to? And I just thought that was insane. So I love how all of those things got brought up. But I also felt really bad because while all of this is happening, you have Michael who seems super broken up and lost at his house. Yes, he's just a sad little puppy, not knowing where his life is going and how mad people will be. (laughs) No, but I loved Tracy. Like, Tracy, (laughs) I love that nickname. She called him a mild-mannered baby face. I know, because again, it's like stuff that we say, you know, like baby CEO, but he's like... Oh my God, that's true! Right? And then just like, but under that, you're like a quarter main through and through. So it's like, oh my God, like they're literally saying all of the things this week. Exactly. So I kind of loved it. And something else that came out of that, right? So then you have Tracy being super proud of him for the choices he made. (laughs) And then I'm laughing, right? Because the last time Ned talked about Michael, it was to Lois, right? Where he admitted that he was jealous. But then I loved watching Ned act like a little baby where he's like, oh my gosh, mommy, do you love him more (laughs) than me? Do you like him more than me? And then she had to reassure him. No, like I actually really do like my own kids. And I love that you, Tyne. So funny. It just shows like his overconfidence. He's just like a sad child who's wondering if his mommy loves him. Like, oh my gosh. In the conversation that Michael was having with Tracy, like, you know, it was about like being ruthless and about doing what you gotta do to like protect his family. And he had this like ruthless look on his face in the conversation with um mm-hmm. Tracy. But then his mom shows his up. His mom came in. <laughs> he turned around and that baby face came back. He's like, I don't know, maybe, maybe being ruthless all the time. I don't know, it's not such a good idea. And <laughs> so I just I mean, look, I love all the like lines because like Tracy was trying to give them privacy. Um, Ned had like that silly line about like how treachery can build up an appetite Um, and so when they came in I guess I didn't really know what to expect to be honest how did you feel about the reaction he got because I think it was what it was mostly Drew who had his reaction so here's it they're doing a really good job of like amping up this you know Mm -hmm. kind of Drew who's who's um untethered from his normal world and is trying to kind of navigate things in a vastly different way um and the anger that came out of him was it was expected of this new Drew but what surprised me was that he is like took Carly he didn't give Carly a chance I guess is what I'm trying to say he was just like I said my piece let's go and Carly's like oh just stay and talk to my son and clear up things in my own way 
Um, but I kind of expected this version of Drew to come out because they're really amping that up right now. And I mean, look, it makes sense, right? Like how he so quickly fell back into certain roles, like when he came back the first time, like yeah. when he was rescued from Greece. I mean, there should have been probably some trauma there. Like he was right? gone for like two years. Um, and then to be ripped away from your family again, like, you know, like there, I, I think it's a merited reaction, you know, and then being in prison, yeah. triggering all that. But I agree with you. I think they're doing a really good job of having these moments that make you kind of annoyed at the way that Drew is disregarding others and displaying like his anger. I think they're doing a good job of it because it's not really extreme. It's noticeable. It mm -hmm. makes you kind of go, huh, but it doesn't make you hate him, right? So they're doing exactly. a really good job of portraying his struggle. But yeah, that dismissiveness that Carly would want to talk to her son, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it, you know, there's, it's exactly like what he was doing with Sam. But I guess that yes. conversation also took me aback too, because I guess I didn't, um, like when Carly started talking, I guess I didn't even think about what would be the, um, the frame of reference for her. You know what I mean? Like right? I, I didn't, there's so many, right? Their history is so long. <laughs> there's so many mistakes made, but I was like, oh yeah, that's true. Carly also lied about Nina to Willow. And that's a pretty applicable <laughs> lie. <laughs> and it's also super recent. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense that you would go to that one. But even with Drew though, because he's, cause like, it looks bad, you know, like it was flimsy, you know, like Michael's reasoning looks more and more flimsy because now that reality sets in, we can all see together that this was not the best idea. But just the fact that Drew was like, we're friends, we're family, we're uncle nephew. And you chose Sonny's <laughs> happiness over us. I was like, I don't know what to say, man. Like there's also the reality that like his relationship with his dad had been so strained too. And it's his dad. Yeah. Like, right you're his yeah. dead uncle's dead brother you know but he hasn't all <laughs> that long so so like it, it was it was a lot but I but I liked it more when it was Carly and Michael because they brought up some really interesting things you know like Carly said well it did hurt you know what I mean because he highlighted it that it looks like I chose dad over you yeah. um and I thought this was interesting when Michael went on about being called a hypocrite. Yes. Carly said, like, you're your mother's son. And in that moment, it made me realize, like, we talk about how Michael is a culmination of really significant figures in his life. You know, he's a Jax, he's a Sonny, he's a Jason. And, and I like, obviously Carly has her great attributes, but in that moment I was like, oh, that makes so much more sense now. His Nina plan was the Carly in him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, like it hit me then because when he did that, I was like, this feels so weird. It doesn't feel thought out. Right? It doesn't feel super strategic. It's all quite emotional. And it was only in that moment that I realized like, yeah, Carly is his mom. And yes, he's always been this calm person that like Tracy was describing this level headed kid. But yeah, he's got a little chaos in him. Right. <laughs> so to me that was really interesting and I love the way that she supported him and I mean I felt like this conversation had so many layers to it right like he should know better of course Carly would would forgive him they've been through a lot she was hurt uh, Michael clearly felt horrible you know when he said like I hurt the two most important women in my life yeah. um 
you know, he was talking about forgiveness and all that. And I think there's so many layers, you know, Carly, of course, would forgive him. Like, I think you saw her mama bear eyes the moment Drew was talking to him. Oh, yeah, big time. You know, and she backed off because she knew like, okay, Michael can handle this and I will be with him later. So, of course, she loves him. Of course, it was without a doubt she'd forgive him. But there's this other layer of Bobby right? That Bobby forgave so many things. You know, like Carly was far from perfect. I just think there were so many um, layers because of the recent, you know, loss the family had. But also, I just really like that, you know, as much as like Carly was hurt and she listened to him and she voiced it, she went back to mostly supporting him in that conversation and making it about him. And I like that how she reiterated at the end that Willow and his kids are the most important thing. Exactly. And there's that vulnerability in Michael, like he really needed that moment with his mom to, yeah. to just give him that unconditional love and kind of guide him in that path of forgiveness. But did you notice because of all the hurt and everything with Sonny and Nina, like he even kind of said to his mom, like, are you going to be okay with this, even if Drew is not okay with it? It's just kind of like, hey, like, you're my son. She didn't say those exact words, but she kind of looked at him like, you know, don't worry, that'll be fine. Like, basically, you're my priority because Sonny didn't choose his kids he chose his partner. oh oh my gosh it's hitting me now at the end of that sentence like I don't think I got it right away but mm-hmm. um, like at the at the level but oh my gosh yeah that is really significant he was fearful to lose her because of Drew yeah. oh my gosh because I just felt like I thought he was in that moment I guess I felt he was not wanting to give more for his mom to deal with because she had gone through so much. And the last thing he wanted was to create strife in her relationship. But I didn't realize that added undertone of his past experience with his dad, that like his dad didn't choose him. And absolutely like in Carly's response, she's like, yeah, okay, we'll deal with that. You know, like she's not going to stay with Drew. (laughs) Drew can't make it right with uh, Michael. Like that's just a reality. Exactly. Anyways. So other things about Willow. Right. So Michael has this conversation and Willow shows up a little bit after he even tried to call her when she was at the hospital. That was like before she saw Nina. (laughs) Um, I'll start with what I did like. Okay, I like that, you know, in their conversation, I like how Willow summarized Nina's actions. Because like we've been processing and dealing and describing this for a few years. But then she comes along and says it in such a succinct (laughs) way. She said Nina, she was talking about who Nina was and she was Mm -hmm. saying like, Nina was jealous, you know, because they were focusing on the fact that how, to what degree Nina had targeted Carly, you know, she wanted her out of the way as a grandmother because she didn't want to share grandchildren with her. And she yes. was, let's be honest, the competition was sunny. Yeah. And I was like, Ooh, it's really ugly when you list it out like that. <laughs> Super right? petty. Yes. But, but what? I get it, Willow, you're hurt. But the thing is like, were you not ready for a Port Charles marriage? Because this is the tamest, (laughs) this is the tamest kind of obstacle you can run in to when you're having a Port Charles marriage. Like seriously. And then you have like Wiley being like, dad, why aren't you here? Why aren't we home? Why aren't we together? I'm like, you kicked him out for like lying. I'm like, why don't you go talk to like, I don't know, Olivia Ned for a sec. (laughs) <laughs> like they're like, talk to just anyone, like just anybody else. I'm just like, you uh, work it out. Like part of me is just sort of like, I understand you were mad at first, but a continual separation over this, maybe you were not ready for a poor child's marriage. Right. It's like, and it makes me feel like Nina is winning. Like that the longer they're apart, it makes me feel like, yeah, it's frustrating. Right. Yeah. And anyways, so like, that's how I feel. I'm kind of annoyed. I'm just sort of like, just talk like really 
I mean, yeah. if you're mad about all the secrets and the hiding things, the opposite of that would be communicating and being honest and transparent daily, little by little. Exactly. I was hoping he would say something like, I'd rather be together and fight than be separated and not talk or like something like that. But maybe that's for next week. right? Who knows? Because at this point, I'm like, but what are you doing this for? Like, how are you making this space apart, like constructive? Because so far what we're seeing is you're developing a routine of how to live apart, but not so much like, what are you guys doing to like bridge things back together? Yeah. Oh, man. So like, it doesn't really end there okay this saga is going on and the person (laughs) who's struggling the most in all of this right now is drew yes he's having a hard time so hard that he has to go to charlie's and have a drink with anna not not to say that's a bad thing but it was funny because i thought about you i'm like "Mm, i don't know how much is gonna feel about this to say I'm very simple-minded. I'm like, do it, do it. I'm like, no, no. I'm like, that's so me. And Carly just lost her mom. But I have to say, I was actually super impressed with these scenes. Oh, <laughs> I'm really immature. I just saw what I wrote. Um, <laughs> I wrote something. I wrote something like really like, oh my gosh, I really like this. But I noticed that I wrote something really immature to start. And I wrote, Anna says, she feels anger. What I heard was that she would like some angry sex, please. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let me like get my mature hat on. So I actually really appreciated that moment, that conversation, because they really are going through the same things. They really are going through a lot of anger and sadness and really, really big events in their lives. So for me, I love it when stuff makes sense, like the more natural it feels. And so that conversation between those people, they do have a shared experience right now that's really intense. And given how they feel, um, they're kind of naturally alienating other people. And so I kind of like that. Even Anna said it, like maybe fellowship is sort of the way of, of dealing with this because there was so much understanding that they received from each other in such a short amount of time that it's hard to get in their lives. And the fact that Anna had told him, if you ignore Carly's call, then you'll continue to do it. So I actually really appreciated that. And I really appreciated when I saw Anna reading the book and she was showing him a book yes. about anger. So I have to admit, as much as we like to make fun of Anna, I'm going to give props or props are due. And the fact that she acknowledged that she hasn't been focused lately and that she's mm-hmm. trying to do the work. I appreciate that. Unlike other exactly, citizens of Fort Charles. Exactly. But that's what I wrote in my notes. Like she's doing the work. So whatever you, we were going to make fun of or whatever, for the first time in a really long time, I felt that Anna was having a conversation that made sense for months and like up until a year, maybe longer. It just felt like she was defensive. She wasn't herself. She was lost. They portrayed that really well as to her being just kind of not being herself and not knowing where she lands. And she verbalized that in her conversation with Drew. Like, I don't know who I am without the WSB. I have all this anger and I'm, you know, basically trying to fix it. I, I want to do better and be better. I'm Mm -hmm. just struggling as to figuring that out. So, and she had valid advice. I was like, hot damn, good for you. Exactly. It's the authenticity because this is why we get angry with some characters is when we see that they're lying to themselves. Like you're not being honest. And I find the moment you have that like authenticity becomes easier, but I have a really bizarre example of that. And it's between Nina and Drew. 
Mm, we're going there okay let's do it oh my gosh that was freaking freaking (laughs) exceptional like we know he's angry and when i saw the offices part of me was like this is long overdue i have been waiting i kind of assumed it was like when she had taken over the hotel or there was a point where drew was like inquiring or something like there was a conversation between him and Ian and I forget the reasoning but I guess I thought this loss of the of crimson would have happened earlier but I mean yes. he is angry and I was worried I'm like dude are you gonna get sued I hope you're careful right like you're right? you're a businessman you have lawyers so if you're doing this I truly hope that you're doing it right but she walked in with the big sunglasses and she was so <laughs> I was like, did she get hit? Because I was like, why is she? Because she looked all strange when she was getting off the elevator. And then she gets angry. Okay, yeah. You know what it reminded me of? Because she stood in the elevator for like an extra beat. Mm-hmm. And like, I was pretending like I was in Nina's head. And I'm like, she's like, you know what? I still have crimson. And then she yes. like became her own person. And then she had like her music in her head playing. And then she did her strut. I was like, this is amazing. Yes, that is exactly the vibe. Because something was off. And I think she was getting into character, really like feeling herself and feeling yes. the power and reminding her. That's ex- it was so subtle, but it was right. 100% that that was going on in the elevator. And then Drew is like, it was me who like gave the order. <laughs> And so in their interaction, like, she's all like, oh, you cannot do this to me. But what I thought, exactly. But the moment she was mad, I was like, you know, really, like, it was wrong of her. But the shot she took, she she kind of attacked his ability as a father. She's like, as a father, it was so far fetched. As a father, would you really make this business decision? It was so weird. It's like, as an apple eater, would you really have signed that contract? Like, it was just so like disconnected. Well, like, and then she brought up Michael. Like Michael was going to defend her. Like it was such a convoluted so- conversation. It was so funny. Like, does Michael know about this? And I'm like, what? And then, and then she's like, what do you think Michael said? I love it when Drew, because I was thinking, I literally was talking to the TV. I'm like, he's not going to care. And then Drew's like, he would say, yay. <laughs> so, that was so good. So, so the thing is, so about Nina twisting the knife. So she twists, she twists the father knife. And I have to give her credit. She knew exactly sort of what button to push. But the thing is, when she says that and they argue, it cuts to commercial. When they cut to commercial, like she was pretty vicious, right? She attacked him. She attacked his daughter. And then she had that like villain face. And this is what I felt. I was like, look, it was wrong. But, and I wrote this, I actually used this word authentic. I felt that it was really authentic and I actually connected with her in that moment. Like I was actually like, whoa. Like I feel like when she goes full-blown villain and she's confident and she's spewing all this stuff, I feel like she's doing what she wants and feels like. She's not playing. She's not playing a role. She's trying not to be what somebody else wants. I feel like in those moments, even though she's being awful, that is Mm -hmm. when I connect with her most. That's when I'm like, oh, I'm feeling this. Even though I'm like, no, 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 you shouldn't do this to Drew. Like, he really doesn't deserve it. But, like, I was, like, not hating it. She was so confident. But then, after commercial, dilly-dallying once again. She pulls back. <laughs> so true. When she's in her true villain form and yeah. she, like, gives into it, it's glorious. Yes, it I is. Agree. It's hard for me to not 
like her, like you know what I mean like any other time I'm like oh my gosh you're driving me nuts but when she goes full villain it's like yes I I dislike you but in a way that I respect you <laughs> I, get it. I totally get it you know and like she does this like I don't understand like she flips herself in such a way that I have like I would have to say this week I had I don't know like 50 different reactions toward her and they were all different like she I feel like this week she played a, so many different roles honestly though she was on tour she said a lot of stuff that made you laugh and you're like wow and like, I, don't know. I love her um villainous like I'm gonna keep my family no matter what you want a war yeah get a war but I love you and I won't hurt you and yes! I don't think about she, you anymore. she she backs down and I, so I was watching <laughs> I was watching this conversation so she backtracks on the scout thing so the moment someone lists what she does like when Drew yeah. lists out a horse she's okay yeah I get it I get it I'm sorry right. I, I I don't know. And then, and then I was like, okay, so what is he doing here? Because like, I mean, she is right. You can't just be like, yeah. I'm mad at you. I'm going to go fire you, you know? Cause like, I mean, Michael didn't even do that. And then I was like, that's incredible because she hates Michael, but she clearly respects him. She complimented yes. his business acumen by saying he's like a like, personal get involved. And trust me, I tried. I pushed every single personal <laughs> button I could and we still worked together. And, and so then when they were talking, she was like, then she went into this like grandiose sense of self you know like this place is nothing without me I turned it into everything after Julian Jerome tried to like run it into the ground okay okay but I was like uh Maxi helped you build that back up she did you all running around doing whatever more specifically it was one episode (laughs) of a binder and a makeover (laughs) you know (laughs) the full-blown with the music montage and twirling her in a chair so when and then I was having this conversation with Johnny and he's like I'm like it's not like she knew what she was doing it was all maxi I'm like literally she had no work experience she was an heiress and she spent 20 years in a coma what was on her resume nothing like she didn't know how to run the magazine (laughs) I'm laughing because it's weird Johnny had the same response I'm ranting and then he's like coma because you're listing coma and her resume in your head mentally because he did that too I'm like you guys are so freaking weird and so so literally she learned how to run an entire magazine in one episode on the show okay I'm just gonna vouch for Johnny for a second because you're like when you're like working abroad or you're on maternity leave you have to figure out what to write in that space and what all she could write was coma in very big font (laughs) yeah you guys were in full HR mode in that in that moment when I was talking Totally not hearing me, but just worried about marketing Nina to the world. It's like, imagine, you know, like other people in this situation would be like, oh my gosh, I'm losing my job. She's like, great. Now I only have one other job running a hotel. <laughs> oh, man. So I absolutely love that. But at this point in their arguing, I actually wasn't sure where it was going to go, right? Because mm-hmm. she had a point. And in her threats, I was wondering, like, is she going to sue? Like, what's going right. on? And how is he going to justify this other than like shutting down the magazine? And then she starts pleading pleading for her employees and going like, what about them? Hardworking people. And Mm -hmm. then when Drew did that, I'm like, oh, that's a really good play because you let her do that. And then you played on her like affection for her staff. And then it was like, well, if you really, you know, care so much about your staff, then you'll leave. Right. And I was like, I was so like taken aback by that. I was like, wow. So while all of this is going on and she's like, you can't run it without me. How are you going to deal with the photographers? And because she listed all of those things, I was like, well, 
okay, Maxie, like, you know, it, it, is that going to save Maxie? Like she's going to get paid more to run Crimson, but I know she has that Brooklyn Tracy storyline going. So honestly, truly up until this point, I was thinking like Maxie was like rumbling in my head, even though they gave us a clue at the beginning of the episode when Carly was interviewing managers. Right. They didn't catch on to that. (laughs) So they gave that hint. So I have to admit it, Drew had a really good play. And then he's like, I already replaced you. Cause she's like, I'm irreplaceable or something like that. And then Carly walks in in that like leather ensemble. Oh, I gasped. I gasped <gasps> audibly so loud. I was like, hot oh, damn. <laughs> Me too. And I was like, this is so interesting because we've been talking about like yes. Maxie, her. And now it's like they might actually work together or she might rely on her or Maxie might vouch for her. You know, because the whole point is it's all the industry. And so if people want to work with Carly, you might actually have Maxie and her getting closer. You know, like even Carly in her scenes with Sam said, she's like, I want to be more like my mom when she talked about like wanting to move on from all the Nina stuff. And I'm laughing because Carly was telling her, oh, no, Drew had a meeting. And I'm like, Carly, you know exactly what that meeting was because you showed up in a different outfit. And so (laughs) one cute thing that I thought it was like a nod to Bobby in my head because she was like, I want to be like Bobby. I want to make her proud. And she, like the whole second chance, like just basically being a good person. But in my head, I was, I also knew that if Bobby found out Nina did what she did, like, I mean, one of their last interactions they had, Bobby had thrown a drink in her face. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. so part <laughs> of me, like, I was like, oh yes, you're right. Your mom was amazing, but she would have done the dirty work for you while you That's let true. go and moved on. So, so yeah, this is going to be so interesting as like Carly makes new relationships in honor of Bobby and trying to honor her mom. This is going to be interesting. So I wonder if we're going to get more Maxie Carly. And I honestly thought Carly was going to take it over earlier. Remember when she was like figuring out her next steps and we all thought, well, she'll probably end up taking over Crimson or they're going to make it work like that as some kind Mm -hmm. of revenge thing, but it never really happened. And they changed the coffee mugs to Bobby's. I was checking. I saw, and even the neon light, everything's been updated. It's beautiful. Yeah, I really like that. Mm -hmm. So, okay, something else that I thought was heartwarming Mm -hmm. at first, or I guess emotional or heavy, was when Nicholas showed up to see Spencer. Oh, that Nicholas. Yes. Tell me more. So, you know, when he shows up, I'm thinking, we talked about it last week that we're thinking someone's going to hit somebody and they'll be like, he's going to try to steal the baby. But I was, I was very worried and tentative and didn't really know how this was going to go. So I have to say like the first day I like when they had their real conversation, I found it to be really like emotional just because we've seen you know, the original characters and we understand the story. Like a lot of us saw the relationship they once had and how special yes. it was. And then I was surprised by this, you know, one of the first things that come out. So there was like a calm and then Spencer was like, I didn't know how you would feel about me. So, so Nicholas Ooh. starts off and it was very emotional and he was kind. And I was taken aback by that because we've been witnessing Spencer be so angry for so long. Yes. And then to hear him go, oh, I, I, I want to know what you think of me. And then Nicholas made a funny Ooh. joke saying, well, that was very Cassidyne of you, like the whole blackmailing him yes. out of his life and whatnot. And I was like, okay. Um, I found the scenes to be very like sweet, dark, sad, funny, kind of like how he was with like Ava, that vibe. 
Yeah. And at this point, I'm like, honestly, like holding my breath because this is only a conversation between Spencer and Nicholas. Yes. And then the baby wakes up. So I'm finding this conversation emotional and it was crazy to see how Spencer just immediately upon seeing his dad turned into a little boy. He really did. And then he wants to hold Ace. Okay, but can we give a moment to that incredibly amazing little human being who plays Ace, who just stretched out his arms and tucked himself right in? I was so taken aback. Like, that could not have gone any better. Right. So, like, literally that baby doing that, I'm like, made me forgive Nicholas, obviously (laughs) momentarily. And, like, I have a soft spot for stupid. And then this baby helped it along. Yes, they do when it comes to Nicholas. So they continue to have this conversation. It becomes really, like, emotional. Like, Nicholas, (laughs) so it appears, is taking responsibility and... Um, I shouldn't even say the word taking responsibility. He was acknowledging how far Mm -hmm. he's fallen. Okay. Maybe not taking (laughs) responsibility, but he was honest and acknowledged that he's not the man he once was, or, and probably not the man he wants to be and a really poor father. So he was honest about that, which made Spencer open and made the words sound meaningful when he started talking about how much he cares for them. And like, I found it to be really an amazing moment when he said something like, I love you fiercely. Like I might be the dumbest person on earth, but know <laughs> this. And I believed him and I think Spencer believed him. Yes. But at the same time, like then there was, then they started talking about accountability. So now Spencer is sucked in and is like, daddy, don't go daddy stay with yeah. us be a daddy to me and ace let's live together so he he was right there yeah. and and then he's like no we have to run away it's our only option and i loved that spencer said a couple of things <sighs> initially he said things that made sense yes he corrected nicholas and said you're not asking for a lot you're asking for everything yes which i'm like very you know insightful of you to kind of like see and notice And then during their conversation, he even says to him, "Um, you have two kids. One of them is a baby. At one point, it has to stop being about you. Yes. And with that statement, he hands the baby over to Nicholas. I was stunned stunned because the thing is like when I watch the show and I watch the scenes with Esme I can't help it I watch it from the lens of a mother like Esme holds multiple identities she holds one a villain an amnesiac you know an heiress like but she also holds the identity of mother and for me I'll be honest when I watch it that identity is the biggest one for me yes and I just thought it was insane because like Nicholas started to ask Spencer to join him because it would make the transition easier for Ace. And I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. because then you'll actually be alone with the baby. Yep. And without Spencer, you're going to have to take care of him. And it's like, honestly, babies are not the best hostages. You will be <laughs> noticing. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. And the fact that Spencer is like, he'll be safer with you. I oh promise my, my brother stability and consistency. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to just give him to you a fugitive who refuses to take responsibility because he keeps acting like this is the only way and he told spencer well i would have to spend a lot of years in prison that's the point like running isn't the only way it's the only way where you don't have to go to jail but there's so many other options you can stay and you can fight yes 
Um, yeah, so whatever points Spencer had scored or the fact that I even for a short time took him seriously in terms of this taking on this father role because he did right and yes. it looked like he was taking the role seriously you know laura and alexis so his family was just you know he surprised them and he took on a really yes. big responsibility and i had come to believe that he had understood this responsibility because of the way there was a bit of a divide between him and his friends he had a different life briefly when he was extra involved yes. with Esme and and Ace. So I was under the impression that he understood l- love of like between a parent and child because for all intents and purposes, he acted as a parent. He chose to let go. And I thought that was hard because he had to yeah. transition to being a brother and letting go of this parental role and love and that space. Yes. But how fast did he be so stupid? Like how fast did I, I, cause to me, I saw somebody who's like so immature, you know, like a little kid who thinks, you know, like a teenager, they think that they know everything like a younger kid. They yes. just, they haven't experienced everything. They don't understand everything. And he didn't have anything to lose. Ace was never really his, like at the end of the day, he doesn't know. And well, he doesn't know what it is to be a mother. That I'll say. He doesn't know what it yes. is to be Esme. And this was something, and now it makes so much sense. So this is what I mean. I kind of love it because I feel like they're they're connecting a lot of dots. Because from the beginning, Laura was very adamant about the mother-child bond, even when yes. I think it was hard for us even to see it. Like I like, but Laura saw Esme differently on that front from the get-go. Yes. Even though it was kind of weird. So that was just hard for me because I couldn't wrap my head around it because in his mind, he's like, oh, look at me. I'm doing that good old saying, if you love something, let it go. It's like (laughs) you practice that on babies who don't know this man. I was like, seriously, Spencer, you know, you're giving your dad crap because you're like, oh, well, that's not the only option. You're asking for everything. Well, for Ace's sake, giving him to Nicholas wasn't the only option if you believe that Esme was dangerous. You know, your only option was not choosing between two people that you don't think are great parents, like in his opinion. There was Laura, there was him. Exactly. And Laura made that point. Like that scene was absolutely crushing, followed by everything that happened afterwards. Like I just, I was in so much shock that that happened. I was in so much shock. It just seemed that with Esme, Spencer like actually took pleasure in doing that. And that was also super weird to see. Yeah. With Spencer, I just, I just can't because he's had a front row seat to Esme, to watching her grow, change. You know, he talked about how bad his dad was. He talks about redemption. He himself is trying to like be this better person working toward that. But then his daddy comes back and his thinking is so simplistic. He thinks her memory's back. So he's like, okay, so you're bad. And now my daddy is good. So here, take a baby. Like, I just couldn't believe how small minded he became once he saw his dad, but also this idea. And I understand, like, I really get it. He's like, you've got your memory back. You're this horrible person. But I also think you're living in a bubble to think that all this time, that time stood still, that the last moment of, of all of that is still the same. And so that was really hard for me because I'm like, Mm -hmm. hey, logical guy, 
if her memory has been back and she's been lying about it, why did she not turn into a horrible person? Because if her memory is back, she still pled guilty. You know what I mean? Like her having her memory back doesn't automatically mean what it thinks it means for you. So I don't think he knows about this whole new amnesiac thing in Port Charles where they merge and then they have to make a decision about who they want to be. I don't think he's been up to speed with the, the new no, amnesia. The new amnesia. What do we call mm. it? Mergenesia. He's not aware. <laughs> so he just thinks that she got her memory back and that, she, like, but it also he believes in time travel. So now that her yes. memory's back, <laughs> she's gone back in time and she's still yeah, exactly cool. in that place. And I just think, you know, like Laura's right. You should have called me. You should have right to me. We should have talked. We should have workshop some ideas <laughs> uh, before you acted on anything. And also I was like, when he was threatening her not to go to the police, it's like, of course we know she got her memories back, but I'm like, oh my gosh, Esme, please be smart enough to call right? Spencer out on the use of Spence and go to the police. You can't just get like, do you know how stupid know. he sounded today with right? his with Laura and Cyrus? He's like, she called me Spence. <laughs> Laura just started him horrified. She's like, she used a nickname and you've decided <laughs> that in return you would take her baby away and take ace away from everything he knows yeah. oh, her face acting was on point by the way <laughs> oh my gosh and i love what she said because he's like i know it i know it and she's like she pointed this out you gave a child away based on a suspicion nothing you can prove or know for certain <laughs> what you didn't even go like huh i think she may have her memory back let's be around ace more let's be around her like just right. see what happens next like it was way too early to act on those suspicions i just figured okay he'd be suspicious he'd stick around and maybe watch her but he's like no i have a suspicion and now i'm gonna do something i'm like do you know how many people suspect things and keep their mouths shut for years in Port Charles? Side note, I loved the Cyrus family mediation. But I did, you know what I mean? I did, I loved it. I, I was like, this is so amazing because even he was like, hey, I know who I am, but this is pretty bad. Like, I don't even think I'm going like, to. Like, when I took Trina and her mom hostage, I did it together. Like, I didn't separate them, okay? I'm a family man. I am because what I did was I exchanged that duo. See, duo? For my sister. And I almost killed her instead of a mother and a daughter. <laughs> Some people just have a good ethical code, you right, know? Right. Oh, I'm glad she called the police. She's like, I'm calling Dante. He's like, no. Oh, man. But you know what stunned me that I found so special was the interaction between Esme and Ava. Like, like Esme finally, like, cracked Ava a little bit. You know, yes. Ava's like, of course she's justified. You know what I mean? And I mean, so was Spencer for being justifiably afraid for what old Esme is capable of. But again, he's going on nothing. Like, nothing <laughs> happened to make him go. It's like, oh, I hated that nickname. You know what I mean? Like, if she had her memory back, it means she had her memory back at court. Right. It means she had her memory back when she decided to plead guilty. What is that telling you? And I love how Laura had to call him on every stupid thing. But anyways, Esme going to Ava. Again, mm -hmm. Ava trying to get justice for Trina. But something totally like a switch flipped in Ava. And they oh, yeah. really connected on motherhood and Castadine men. 
Yes, they did. And I feel like I would love to see them partner up to just catch him. <laughs> because when, like, you know, Ava was suspicious, right? At the police station checking to see if she got her memory back. But I think yes. even she was like, what is happening? Because she saw the desperation. She even felt bad for her. You can see, mm-hmm. like, she was feeling things. Because Esme's like, I have a powerful ally. But she wasn't like old Esme. How old Esme, like, twisted the knife and acted like she had everything under control. And you never, like, question any of it. She was like, yes. I, have, I have Cyrus. And she said it with so much uncertainty. Yeah. And Ava was like concerned. She's like, what are you doing? Because old Esme would have acted like she knew what she was doing. You know what I mean? Yes. There, there, there was no insecurity or vulnerability within old Esme. There was no cracking that front. It was all fake. It was always putting on a show. Absolutely. Like it was heart wrenching her, the way she was crying. And when Ava just kind of gently, but sternly asked her, what did Cyrus promise? Yes, you? it was kidding. And then Esme just kind of freaked the F out and was like, oh my God, I actually didn't close the loop on that. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So, so exactly. Like even the way she questioned her, it was like, you don't know what you're doing. Where if it was Esme, you would never, you know, you would be like, you're so calculating and so manipulative and you would have had a plan. And this is the thing, you know, like a lot of people on the show started out as a Nina and that's the whole point. Like this whole, why the redemption for some and not for others or whatever. But I mean, a lot of people have grown like Ava's grown. She's not the same. She still retains her Ava-ness, but she's grown. Yes. Big time. So is Carly. And I feel like it's been more articulated. I find during the past few years, a lot of people just kind of lumped her and Nina together as if it's so black and white, but there's a lot of nuances. You're right. Many characters on the show do bad things, but it is about, and the story they've been trying to tell I mean, it's always there. It's always a theme, the one of redemption. But what do you do after? Like, I still love that scene um, with Lucy and Sasha ages ago at um, at the floating rib. And when they were talking, it was right after Sasha had wronged Nina. And it came out mm-hmm. like it was public and uh, public knowledge. And I remember Lucy giving her advice being like yeah you're a pariah and all you can do is really just do better like that is your job right now is to kind of put one foot in front of the other live every day and just make better choices that's what she told her and I feel like for me with Esme I see somebody who worked and they people hammered her but she also had people keeping a close eye on her you had Alexis hammering her you had Laura hammering her they were very hard on her Mm-hmm. but in a way that was benefiting her. Like they, they were hard on her and kept her like accountable to her yes. past. And mm-hmm. to me, I always find that fascinating because years ago we were doing a lot of videos c- comparing the Esme storyline when she was Esme to Nina. There were so many parallels at one yes. point we had posted a video. And what I think is really interesting is like for Esme, she actually did the work. She's been trying really hard. And right now the dilemma is what the hell is the point of trying so hard when no matter yeah. what you do, people will never see the person you're becoming and they'll always see the person they once knew. But Nina never went through that. She's like, I'm yeah. going to be Nina. I'm going to Nina every day, all day, every day. <laughs> why, why won't they accept me? Like she's not, she has not put the work in. I thought she was her, her conversation with Sasha, her taking accountability. I was like, Whoa, but part of me doesn't want to because she's super fun as a villain. Like if, if she does what she did with Drew, like that yelliness, I'm like, it's good. I like it. You need to keep that Nina clip that you just did right there and use it as a sound bite for like a little story. That was awesome. We'll see. We'll see if I, there's way too much of me singing for like, it shouldn't be happening, but there's a lot of that. 
Um, okay, so Trina, Trina, and what did you think? Like Trina had her convo with Esme. What did you think though? Like, I mean, Trina has this relationship with Ava, but it's always weird when Ava shows her vengeful side. Trina's always like, huh? <laughs> what? It is, but it's so fascinating because exactly what you said right now, that no matter how hard Esme tries, if she got her memory back or not, people see her and treat her a certain way. And that was very well showcased with the conversation between Trina and Esme. So Trina might have turned her nose up a little bit at what Ava said, but she turned around and kind of Ava'd it up with Esme. Oh, that's true. That's true. It was very Ava-ish because I didn't know what to make of it. It's not like she's not justified in being angry, but part of me is having mm-hmm. a really hard time. Like if this was real life, okay. How many yes. times can you walk up to someone who doesn't remember something and just keep telling them you did this, right? Okay. And I'm so mad at you. It's so bad. <laughs> And I want you to remember that you did this. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm kind of annoyed. I'm like, imagine not remembering being like, I'm really sorry. Like, I hate that I did this, you know, because I don't yeah. not believe that I did this, but I'm horrified at what you're telling me. But how many times can you tell someone who doesn't remember how terrible they did before? Right. Like I'm over it. Yeah. You know, I get it. Like she has the right to be over it in a way that Nina didn't have the right to be over it. Like the minute after she came back to Port Charles. Yes. Such a contrast. 100% that. And, but she still stands there and takes it. So I did find it weird because I was trying to think about this, you know, like sometimes we feel like a different actor, like the old actor who played it might've played it different. And I guess in my head, if I stop and I think about who I think Trina is, Mm -hmm. because Trina was the person who felt like, who had respect for mother and child, right? She yes. was the person who felt like, how are we going to prosecute a person who literally doesn't remember? So yes. there was some grace. It doesn't mean that she's not angry at the Esme who did these things. So I for get sure. that. But then it was really weird because that was a lot of petty jealousy stuff. Like yes! Spencer's coming with me. And I, it's just, I feel like the no nonsense Trina was more like above it all. You know what I mean? Yes, like would have just yes. walked away, not given her that time of day and attention and maybe just revel more in the peace she has in her relationship. But it's interesting because it's kind of like, like a normie. Okay. Like a goody goody who's trying to test the wild side, but they're kind of doing it in a way that's like not super tasteful. Like I get it. You want to like, she sees Joss, right. Constantly yelling at people, you know, <laughs> being like, Oh, what are you doing? And like th- that kind of dramatic fight like she sees it right and I feel like that's her trying to do that like me too I uh set up for myself and I say things but it just felt more petty than than standing up for herself in a way that's how it came off I just didn't know what to make of it it felt very insecure to be honest yeah it just felt like she is not worried at this point about Esme and all the things she did before she's truly worried about her bringing Spencer into this circle of love with Ace and him getting oh, back what into it that is. family vibe and she's like no he's my family we're going to Paris and like whoa chill out oh <laughs> that is exactly what it is because that's the thing she was saying something but I was like hmm, okay you totally made sense of it for me because that's exactly what it was there was a disconnect in terms of what she was saying because in my head I'm like well she has the right to be upset given everything as we put her through but I realized mm-hmm. she wasn't speaking exactly it that's why I felt weird about that whole interaction because Trina wasn't speaking about the trauma. She was really more hammering the point of Spencer. And I don't yes. even know, like, how is Trina really going to feel 
about what Spencer did gave the baby away, like his judgment. I don't know. It's going to be bad. It's going to be so bad. I don't know. I guess what I'm thinking about is the fact that she's always asking Spencer to forgive his father, that she makes so light of the situation that he's in that you're right. She may think this is like a fabulous idea or like, I I don't know which way she's going to go because I feel like she's not my consistent Trina. (laughs) No, exactly. Like she is surprising us a little, a little bit in terms of like reactions to things, but also it was like Laura, right? Because Laura's like, I'm glad that you learned to see your father you know, for more than just this awful person, but still you went full blown opposite direction. Like he's so all or nothing. It's, it's insane. So that was definitely really like, that was way more than I expected in terms of the Nicholas Spencer Esme storyline. Like I didn't think it would go somewhere. Like I, I'm still so horrified and I'm like, the baby's coming back. Right. Like this is all that keeps going through my mind. I'm like, I'm this age, bring him back. Me too. Um, what did you think about the Christina Sunny scenes? Honestly, I don't know. I'm like, okay, I know they love each other. They're leaning on each other. The major thing I got out of it is that, you know, she's his guardian angel. Um, she helped him see the light, reminded him of his code. But that conversation was so weird. It was a little hard to navigate for me, especially like the Nina stuff and the Nixon falls and then back to her work. Like it was a little all over the place for me. What about you? make it make sense please (laughs) um look I always when it comes to this I I can't get out of my head Christina's reaction when she found out Sunny was alive there was a lot of reactions when Carly had called them all over to to Sunny's house but Christina's reaction stuck out the most it was so emotional and she was like I missed you and I needed you and the thing is out of all of his kids yeah I would have to say that Christina was probably the most alone without him other yes. people lost their dad, but I feel like Christina, when she lost Sonny, was truly the most alone. You know, she credits him for building her confidence and for yes. believing in her. You know, he always tries to make sure that he never, that he bridges the gap as much as he can between Alexis and her. But I think it really demonstrated how skewed, you know, her view is of her dad. And I get it. You True. know, when you have one parent who is like berating you most of the time and never makes you feel good enough and you have one parent who does the complete opposite. I can completely understand her like loyalty and devotion to her dad. Mm -hmm. But the fact that she says, I think your code of ethics got stronger in Nixon Falls. I don't even know what to say to that. Right. I was like, wait, did we, did we see and witness the same things? (laughs) I, yeah, that kind of took me aback. And then even though, then she brought up Nina in a good way. Like, you know, Nina, I thought Nina had a good effect on you. Like she, it's weird. Like she's mad. She, she clearly knows what Nina did. Yes. But then was like in that moment, crediting his code of ethics and Nina for being responsible. But then you have Sonny being like, yeah, I don't know. It's like not true what you're saying. And he's like, there was other people. <laughs> and it kind of like broadened his perspective. It was like, well, Nina, it's not just her that was there. And it was like, he kind of knew like, hmm. It's weird because I've been saying that to myself this whole time. Look at me. My code of ethics haven't changed. I'm such a good sonny. But then you have (laughs) Christina praising him in the same way he's probably been praising himself. And he didn't really like it. It didn't seem like it felt uh, all that truthful when it came out of her mouth. I like the way you put that. That was good. I like that. One thing about the whole Christina and Nina storyline, because they give us hints. Nina said, if Christina sees me, of all the kids, she'll lay into me. But 
I want more, you know, like we're going deep with Christina. She's doing the whole surrogacy storyline, but it's just that like Christina has done a lot of work on herself. Right. And she she referenced that and she even says it. And for me, I'm just sort of like, given all of the emotion I saw when her father came back, I kind of do want to finally see her process the emotions. I want to see her process the emotions of what Nina took from her. You know, I hate that we got robbed of that. But like now I feel like I'm getting robbed of Christina's reaction to what Nina did now. Hmm. So do you think that because of the surrogacy and everything that's going to happen now, it's just going to make her look at it from a different perspective. Like she would never put her child in that position. She would never keep certain people away from her. Like, yes, she experienced it. But when you have people around that can't speak for themselves, like let's say a Wiley and Amelia and all the other littles that Sunny was kept away from... Being in the surrogacy, do you think it's going to amp up her emotional reaction to everything that has happened? So part of her process. It could because, you know, Christina may have that reputation, right? She's fighting an identity that everybody else sees of this like screw up, you know, even though she knows Mm -hmm. that she's not that person anymore and she's grown a lot. And I think, you know, Christina, where she's at in her life, she's giving someone a child. She's not taking it away. And that's the distinction between her and Nina. And I'm so tired of her saying I've made mistakes too. It's like, yes, like I get it. Everyone makes mistakes. I'm so tired of hearing those statements, you know, like, well, I'm not perfect and everyone makes mistakes. Yes, that's true. But it's, Mm. what do you do after? Like there's nuance. And I think it's just so simplistic to say, well, well, she made a mistake. I've made some. So I guess it, it nullifies things. It's like, no, (laughs) there's like a whole bunch of stuff that should be happening in between of this, you know, like taking accountability, you know, making things right, repairing damage, becoming a better person. Like there's so many other things to it. But yeah, like I could see it happening. It would probably take time. Yes. But even if it's slow going, I would want that interaction, that realization, that reaction to come naturally. Kind of like how that statement Willow said to Carly year like a long time ago about like, if I found out my mo- my mother was any was anyone like Nina, I wouldn't want to know. And then how that statement came back around now. Yes. I want it to happen organically. I want to see her maybe process things more, you know, like, I feel like it's a lot, like this is Sunny's daughter and she has no reaction. We didn't see her reaction, no. her anger that her dad was taken. She just immediately took Nina in. And now we don't even see her reaction to, you know, the fact that she was wrong about Nina, which shows that her judgment is, can be a little bit off, but yeah, I hope we do get to see it in time and I hope it's organic. It's natural. And I hope it's good because I think it should be. I totally agree. Okay. So the Adam thing, um, I have to say this, the part that stood out for me the most was in today's episode. So like, it was hard, obviously the dad, (laughs) because we as an audience and even all the people at the hospital see Adam. And then the dad walks in with a completely different impression of who his child is. And I have to say, I absolutely love the delivery when Jocelyn turns around and answers back to the dad, answers back to the dad saying, you should be concerned your son tried to kill himself. I found it was such a like outstanding moment there. And I really like, like that. There were some things about that storyline though, you know, like the concern, like Joss is honestly taking a full responsibility for Adam. And I know she's being a really good friend, but I like that they showed Carly's concern. Like she's blaming herself and showing that concern. Like she wants to be Adam's friend, but it's a lot. And I always get conflicted because Joss talked about Dex being like, oh, I know how you feel about Adam. But then (laughs) Dex keeps saying like, you know, he needs really good friends like you. And I'm like, again, I think there's a problem here that Joss is 
way too immersed in this. She yes. feels bad that she sought help and told mm-hmm. the like RA, which she should have because the problem is too big for Adam and it's too big for her. Yes. And he needs professional help. Yes, you can be a friend, but she's, you know what I mean? Like she's worried. She's she's running around trying to find him when he's not around. She's worried he's going to hurt himself. So I feel like I wonder if they're going to go into that a bit more because she's going to become a doctor because I didn't know what, what was going to happen because I was like, if Adam does pass or something dramatic happens, I wonder if this will feed into like her doctor storyline. Right. Um, I agree. Like it's, it's a little intense. It's an interesting story and GH is really good at sharing stories that are at times difficult, but they're able to unravel it and we can see the layers beneath it. So, um, I know I'm like, are they going to fast track Joss? You know, like, is Adam going to go into music? Like, I'm very curious to see how this is all going to unfold. I did like that, that um, Portia added other layers to this. Cause in her conversation with Willow, she talked about all the challenges that young kids have today. So yes. I did like that because it, it kind of expanded and gave more context to Adam's situation. But also what I love, as much as I say all this stuff about Portia, mm-hmm. I loved how she stood behind Jocelyn and held her. Yes. And was protective during the interaction with Adam's dad. And I've always loved that because maybe like, I, like it was just, I feel like in the past, you've always seen Carly portrayed as everyone's mom. She was pretty much protective of like a lot of people's kids. But what I'm seeing recently is that many of the women and dads like Valentine, right? Yes. Feeling a lot of pride and like protective of kids that are not theirs. And I feel like we're seeing that so much more. And I really love that. Oh, yeah, it really gives that sense of community no matter what. Because that was the distinguishing factor for a while between Carly and Ava. We were liking Ava more and more in different scenes. This is in the Ryan storyline. And I remember one storyline she had come across Joss because Joss was at a cabin or she was like at a hotel with like her friends. And I mm-hmm. always thought like, you know, at what point will, will Ava be that like mom role to other kids in the show like a Jocelyn? Mm-hmm. And it eventually did happen. So I don't know. I kind of like that Portia scene being protective of Joss. Yes. Um, I was just worried about Finn getting in trouble because he treated him without getting like that permission. I know, but it was a matter of time. And I liked it. Elizabeth finessed that doctor and it looks like they got everything they needed. It sounds like the doctor, like it sounds like the guy knew he had cancer. Yeah. So that's a plus for Finn in his case. And, you know, like kind of hit it. And I liked how they navigated those conversations. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. They did a good yeah. job. Our, our friend Jordan. like My favorite. <laughs> my favorite. Uh, like her and TJ. I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're so amazing. I love how she navigated that conversation, how she makes them feel like in control. And that she tells them, like, you're you're all good. Like, you don't need me. She's like, if you really need me to really make a decision sure but this is not one of them like I loved it but um oh and I had a favorite line it was like I know a, what it is go it, like because <laughs> when he was being all protective and she's like which one of us is the parent but I can't say that too much longer which was so sweet but also when I saw Jordan out in the alley with those guys okay, it was wait, like wait. what I thought I thought you're giving away my favorite line but you no. did not <laughs> what what is it after that he said to his mom, no danger flirting. Oh, yeah, the danger flirting. That was, <laughs> no, that was hilarious. Um, But when she was out in the alley with those guys, I was like, I really wish she knew karate. This right? is one of those moments oh, where you need 
karate. <laughs> Some sort of martial arts training. Like, come on. <laughs> like, Drew got into trouble because he didn't, because he did know karate. And now I feel like Jordan is going to get into trouble because she doesn't know karate. <laughs> when will the world get easier? I can't. I can't. I just picture like the cover of her podcast, you in like the white karate suit, like just chopping something. <laughs> oh my gosh, I think okay, there's one st- I'm just gonna say it really quick, get your opinion in like three words or less, okay? That's such a specific request, but go on. Christina and Blaze. I'm worried. She's a little clingy. Little clingy. She's like, no, don't. She's like, maybe the timing is off for us, but maybe it isn't. Maybe the timing isn't off that I'm a superstar and wants to keep everything as super secret and that you are having your sister's baby and also opening up a youth center. Maybe all of this just means it is the perfect time. I'm like, honestly, it sounds like a lot. It sounds like a lot. And maybe it's not something that Christina needs right now. Honestly, and the way she was staring at that contract was freaking me out. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, she's creeping me out. Totally. Okay, good. We feel the same. And that was like very short. Oh my gosh. We did it. We covered all the things. We talked about all of the stuff. Um, We gave away our favorite lines. Are we giving stars to everybody this week? Um, favorite. Yep. Favorite. Yeah. I said said all my favorites. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Stars to everybody, to Jordan, to TJ moment. Okay. I'm not going to be like this long award show, but everyone should get a star. Nina, I am. I'm going to, um, as Nicholas Ace, Ace, Spencer, Laura, (laughs) Nina, Cyrus scenes, Nina and Sunny. When Sunny was like, stay out of my business. Don't negotiate with my colleagues. Um, (laughs) uh, The moment Nina told Dex, like, I'm going to do everything to fight for the man I love. Dex, like, this is so sad. Um, Yeah, Dex, because I was like, I was like watching these scenes. I'm like, is he getting cuter? Um, (laughs) And also I was like, Dex, why would Sunny send Dex to the hospital wearing that outfit when everyone knows who he is? Like, know, it's like not even it's not an invisibility suit <laughs> people are going to be like hey Dex that's you but in scrubs actually he was invisible briefly in the episode when he hid behind that plant <laughs> oh man Oh man! Oh my gosh! Starts everybody. Laura's face acting. Um, Drew's Drew. Anger, um, yeah, Anna's growth. Hot dress. Oh my! Oh gosh. yeah. Michael, so sad. Oh. All of the stars. Tracy. Tracy for the lines in the hummus. <laughs> Folks, <laughs> have a great weekend. Ned, bye. That's a wrap. Mesh, feel better. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.